Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains. And Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pressing Matters. Ian, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll say I'm all right. I just feel a bit brain fried at the moment. I've got too much sort of on the go and I feel like a bit of a sieve at the moment dropping things out. Um, but yeah, no, overall good. I guess we're we're in a new phase of lockdown where things are easing a bit um, and schools are pretty much, well, starting from next week, I guess. Is that is that the same for you, Jack? Yes, although we've decided not to. Uh, my my daughter's old enough to be in school, but um, we've decided not to kind of go ahead with it for the time being. Um, mainly because we were the only reason we were going to put her in was for like the social aspect at this stage, uh, because mm. you know we're actually doing okay with childcare. But um, there aren't that many children that are actually going in her class, and the only friends that she would have are actually in a different like group a different bubble from her so oh they've signed the bubbles of, already have they well yeah. yeah and they got different sort of ends of the week so actually it sort of makes it a bit tricky and i think it's you there's a potential to kind of change bubbles but um i think ultimately what they want to do is trying to keep it as it is and then see what happens so like that social aspect has been kind of removed for us really which is a bit of a shame so but mm. that but what with the lockdown easing and be able to see more people and stuff we're hoping that we'd be able to get together with uh, and go for a, a walk or sit in a garden with like some friends of hers instead or something like that so maybe yeah. it's a bit of FaceTime not sure how that's going to work in practice because you know trying to keep you know well yeah ch- children young children you know socially distanced is going to be impossible um yeah let's be honest but uh but yeah anyway so we know it, we're not quite doing that yet it's interesting that you say that though because we're we're in a similar boat at the moment where you know we're, we're kind of lucky to both be working at home and can kind of mix and um sort out the childcare. so we're not like I know a lot of parents are eager to send the kids back because they've got to go back to work and all that stuff and but we're in a privileged position where we don't have to do that and we're also considering like maybe not sending them back straight away because you know it's going to be odd it's a bit I feel it's a bit early and the it's not it's not as if we've got uh the like the R rate of other countries and we've still got like a huge amount of deaths going on each day um it's not exactly like the the place where I want to, where we want to be sending people back to school, and also I think our biggest issue is the if we if he goes back, we're no longer in our own house quarantine. Like he'll be going to school, he'll be mixing with kids, he'll be mixing with the family, it, and mm. that kind of stops us from being able to go and sit in the garden of our parents potentially because, like you know, their combination of parents are either old or got illness or you know we want to shield them kind of thing but we also want to see them so like do you know what i mean you you kind of take that away as soon as he goes back to school we're no longer kind of an isolated family where we could just go and see our parents and feel we're not going to pass anything on if that makes sense it's so it does make sense yeah it, it's, it's it's strange and frustrating because you know they ask you to exercise common sense Mm. Uh, and you do that but it sort of goes against everything that they say is safe as well and that's a concern you know for any sort of right-minded person I think that level of safety is is concerning so yeah I'm not quite sure how to do it I think my son 
uh, they're opening his nursery and he would be able to go back. And actually, I think they've got it safer than schools do because of how they've kind of worked it. So mm. I think we're thinking about sending him back him back before we do our daughter at school. That might sound a bit kind of, I don't know, that, that we've sort of thought about it and it almost sounds a bit anti-intuitive, but at the same time, it makes more sense to us to do it that way round. Um, mm. So we're just going yeah. to see, really. But we're not we're not wedded to either thing. And the great thing is, is that you know they're being really good. I we found that they've been pretty great with parents and just saying if you don't want to do it yet, you don't have to send anyone back yet or do any of this. You know, if you want to yeah. delay it for a few weeks or not at all until September or something, when I think everyone's expecting to go back to school properly in September, then that's yeah. see how it works. But yeah, yeah, it's the same for for Pearl's nursery that like there's not, um, but she's actually not. She's still two. So she's kind of the bottom of the priority list of of allowing them back in, like it's keyword mm-hmm. for kids, and then it's three to four year olds, and then it's whatever, and then she, one to two year olds are at the bottom. So she's probably not, um, you know, allowed to go back anyway at the moment. So it's bizarre, but yeah. Anyway, we are not a COVID childcare podcast. Obviously, we are a WordPress development and business podcast. Just to remind ourselves, if not our our listeners as well. Yeah, classic. Tangents. It's funny though. I don't know about you, but I've definitely noticed a, a bit of a drop off on WordPress news lately. And but the, the news that I am kind of constantly in involved with is the news that's happening currently. So that's the thing I kind of want to talk about. When under previous, you know, pre lockdown, pre COVID, pre coronavirus, you know, kind of circumstances, the the world of news that I existed within was all the WordPress news. Because I normally I'm a, I actually don't read news at all. I, I hate reading news because it's mostly negative. So mm. I tend to try and bask in nice, good news. In fact, I subscribe to a, a newsletter called Positive News, which is about good things that are obviously happening in the world, not the negative stuff. It focuses purely on the good stuff. And it always makes me smile when it comes through, like usually on a Friday or a Saturday. Cause I, and I read most of the things that are on there, which is good. So, yeah, so it's, you can see how you would we would digress to a, a different sort of you know, news source, I guess. But um, but yeah, you're right. We should get back to WordPress related things. Um, so yeah, you said um, you were really busy as well at the moment, and your head's a bit of a, a sieve and everything. Do you use anything to kind of organise yourself more than just you know keep things up in your head? Um, yeah, I think I've you know I've used things like Trello in the past to try and organise high level project stuff and. Then I've gone to Todoist when Wonderlist got shut down. But actually, at oh, the yeah. moment, because I'm kind of like, I don't know, sort of like having a period of work and then doing a bit of looking after the kids in the afternoon and just getting random thoughts about projects and things and coming out of the shower with like thoughts about something that it needs to be done or whatever. I ended up just using like Apple Notes more than mm-hmm. anything because it iCloud syncs, so it's easy to free form type on the phone and then it's on the mac as well so mm-hmm. yeah I, I, it's just a bit of a spaghetti kind of um chaos of my brain but yeah work is just like i've been working hard on uh wp user manager there's a new update coming out next at the start of the month next in june uh, a big update to the custom fields add-on and i've been working on an advanced custom fields an ACF integration um, for mm-hmm. WP User Manager. So, yeah, I'm kind of, especially t- 
talking about what we discussed last month about distractions and the new shiny i've tried to curtail that a little bit i've not worked on that app too much and i've actually put effort into getting uh, these add-on updates and plugin updates for wp user manager like ready to go on monday really which you know it's all the other stuff around it it's the documentation it's especially if you do a new add-on mm. it's the documentation it's the readme it's the adding it to the to the marketing site doing all of the change logs um yeah it's so it's quite a lot of work going on but hopefully that's now teed up ready to go which will feel good um yeah just i don't know i yeah i'm still trying to wrestle with like distraction things of like oh maybe i could do that maybe i could do that and i think that is really worse since we've been in lockdown because i don't like it's not normal like it's not normal life so i feel like it's time to do other side projects it really isn't um but yeah anyway how has your week been have you got up to much achieved much ready to go with anything um yes and no i mean actually i'm working on a big update to my custom fields plugin for um better notifications actually at the moment and that is almost ready to go i realized like at the 11th hour i was literally about to release it and i realized hang on a minute i'm not sure this is going to work and it suddenly dawned on me that there was like a couple of situations where that I know users use the add-on for that I would completely break unintentionally because I was so focused on like kind of a new way of doing it that uh, I was concerned that it, it just wasn't going to work properly. So I, I actually stopped right there and went back to kind of the developer and the drawing board and everything and said, actually, I'd like to do these things and sort of change it up a little bit. So that's been, it's put it back into limbo for the last like, two weeks, I would have said. Um, but it's almost finished, should be ready by today, actually, or or um, early next week. And then, like you say, got to write the documentation, the change log and everything. And it's just, there's no breaking. I was worried there was going to be breaking changes in it. There aren't any breaking changes, but there, which is what the stopper was really. But um, But there are enough changes going on that I'm gonna to have to update a significant portion of the documentation, which I'm not looking forward to. Um, mm. For some reason, I mean, I like, I like. you would think it takes longer to record videos and stuff, but I, I hate like writing documentation, having to include screenshots and annotate them and all that sort of stuff. I'd rather just do videos for things, but then if you do that, it's hard to index. You want like some kind of output from it and you can get that kind of transcribed, whether you do it yourself or get someone else to do it. But I, I don't like that because the way you speak on a video is not the same as how you should explain something when you're really spelling out how to do a specific thing. You, know, you really have to do it, you know, quite a, sometimes quite a long-winded way as well, which you can just see in a video, but you have to then explain in text. So the two aren't necessarily compatible, I find. Um, you almost want to do like a, a specific document just for people that want to read it and then do a separate video just for people that want to watch it and hope that, you know, someone finds the right kind of medium to, uh, you know, kind of read about it or understand the plugin in itself. But... So anyway, it's just, it, you know, but I've got to bite the bullet and just do it at some point. So I'm, I'll get around to that. But um, I have finished, I can't remember if I said it in the last podcast, I didn't actually finish coding my new plugin. But, uh, and I've finished the testing as well now. I think, actually, I think last time I said about I needed to test it with Gutenberg and it made me laugh mm. out loud because it just stopped. It just, <laughs> it worked with Classic Editor perfectly throughout all my testing. And then I tried it with Gutenberg and it just didn't work at all. And I just burst out laughing. Um, so I was like, of course it doesn't, of course it won't work. Uh, but I've actually done that now. And it was quite interesting actually, because it taught me quite a lot about how Gutenberg kind of saves data. So it does an initial uh, post, 
with the post itself and then it goes back and does some rest requests for the post meta and depending on what you change kind of depends on I think how many it does I don't think it always does one it can do more than one rest request so what I had to kind of do is I'm looking for if there's like a change to a published post or a um, like as in an update or whether it's a brand new post and what I'm having to do I did I, I can't take all the credit for it because I did kind of piece it together from a, a, a gist I found on on github but um, it basically what I'm doing is I'm, I'm setting a um, a, a meta key and value on a new published post in the first request that goes off and then when that is when I when it does the rest request it then looks for that bit of meta and if it's there then it knows that it's a new post so I can send off the right you know, get get the program to do the next thing, and then when it's uh, and then I set a different bit of meta if it's an update. So then again, in the second rest in the rest request, it looks and see if there's an update, and if it is an update, then it does something different. So it was quite interesting. I mean, it's it's a bit of a shame because it just makes the whole thing more complicated. In the classic editor, you just get everything all in one go, and you can just kind of send it off to do whatever you want to do with it straight away. But this is you've got to find the right hooks to use, you know, for rest and. All that but the benefit is is that once you've done that it also works with the WP rest API so I was able to trigger like a new post or an updated post via WP CLI and it like it just did everything I wanted it to do straight away so actually once you got it working once for one it works for both which was quite nice but yeah that was just it's strange you know you have to just you know use xdebug and put in a load of breakpoints and then see what the database is doing at each step and just mm kind of really iterate it through it in like literally a step-by-step -step process which is not interesting <laughs> um some to, to do but it was interesting to work out what it was all doing and i got a better understanding of it all now which is good uh and it helps me trying to do some B um some uh gutenberg stuff for bnfw now as well so yeah anyway nice. that took me a good few days to do um, but what you may find is that the, the you know where you're saying you're having a bit of break you're trying to curtail that kind of the sidetrack to the new shiny at the moment I did that because I was like I'm so fed up of testing this week I'm just going to leave it and I couldn't get this Gutenberg thing block editor thing to work at all the next week I came at it and I had it fixed in about two hours it just gave me that headspace I needed to just to just to think about well, whether I was thinking about the problem in my subconscious or what I don't know but I got it done in the end so you may find that when you come back to it you'll actually do a load of stuff to, to it and you know it'll feel more productive in one go rather than kind of chipping away at it over a long period of time instead yeah. of doing work and procrastinating and freaking out and having too much on your mind all in one go i guess yeah indeed well i still need to look at because you i know you, you want me to have a quick look at that plugin it'll be interesting to have a sort of a dive into the code and everything especially when you're talking about the different methods that like the classic editor will need your code will need to save data in a different way for the classic editor to the Gutenberg editor like that's mm. always quite a good uh, um, opportunity to like code it in a certain way and sometimes that's where I go down rabbit holes of like well I can make this code really extensible and object orientated because I could have like a class that saves or you know d does the handling of whatever your your plugins doing and then there's different implementations of that. One that's like the classic editor, one that's the Gutenberg editor, 
um, which is mm. just like the specific code for those things, but you're making sure that the actual code that touches your plugin is like is abstracted into one place, and it will just mm -hmm. be if it's this, it'll do this, and if it's that, it'll do that. Um, but yeah, hmm. Well, it's good to. How far off do you think you are from um, actually getting that plugin? You know, released and out the door and. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking about how to do the website now, and I honestly don't really have a plan. I think the problem is that I find is that I, I'd love to get something up, and if I was to design the website and then build it, it would take me, at the moment, three or four months. Yeah. And I've got a number of kind of clients in the pipeline that are going to prevent me from doing that. So the obvious thing is to get a WordPress theme. But I've always found that all WordPress themes aren't kind of... Um, extendable enough or, or adaptable enough uh, and I often come up against a brick wall and I almost like I get I have to get I get to a point where I'm thinking I, I really need it to do this so what I've got to do is customize the whole theme in some way yeah. to get it to do that one thing and then you get an all-in-one theme and it doesn't work for you in fact I've seen a bit of a trend recently in that you know the all things to all people themes you know this is all you need kind of thing they're not as popular as they were like say a year, two years ago, mm. and get more specialist again, and that's very appealing. But I don't. I want to go down the route of once I've got this, I don't want to kind of have to do anything to the website for a long time. Any design or sort of development work, really, I kind of want to get it get it right in the first kind of not in the first go. You know, I know it's all iterative and everything, but I just want to. I just that's the sort of the mistake I, I think I've made with be uh, with better notifications is that I've had like three or four revisions of that website in five years and I I just don't want to have to do that I, I want yeah. it to be um, changeable enough at the same time I find that drag and drop page builders are a bit too flexible so I'm trying to find a good go-between really um, and I haven't quite worked out how I'm going to do that yet but I've got some ideas for design um, I've been making lots of notes on you know as I've been developing I've been looking through all of my code and just going okay so this these are the bits I need to document and writing them in like a, on a Trello card in like a a checklist so I know exactly what I need to document when I come to it so th there's a lot of planning that's gone going on behind the scenes even if I'm not producing anything kind of visual yet but I did integrate all the um, licensing stuff the other day which was uh, quite good um, so yeah or I, is that just I the EDD plug-in licensing class and stuff yeah yeah I, I haven't done it before um, I didn't need to do it for uh, better notifications someone else did it so um, I mean I you know the developer I used um, did it for me so I didn't mm. have to worry about it but yeah I just had to work out how to do it myself um, and everything which, which of course meant I had to have a setting screen and I hadn't had one because there weren't any settings and all that sort of stuff so I had to sort of put in a new screen and tabs and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's kind of I guess I have done quite a lot really I hadn't thought about it but actually it all came together quite quickly it wasn't too difficult mm. to do so there's anyway. so much to do around it isn't there when you think of like the settings the licenses and all of that it's yeah building a, a plugin from scratch is actually so much work um, it, there is yeah the biggest problem i've got at the moment actually is stopping myself from doing too much because it's at a point now where i'm pretty sure i could almost well i could release it it's, now it's the 1.0 yeah don't yeah. over polish it kind of thing yeah, there's like, oh, but it wouldn't take much to do this or add that. And and that's good because, you know, it means I've got stuff to do in the future. But at the same time, I just kind of, I, I what I'm doing is I'm avoiding making the website and just developing the plugin on and on and on, you know, until mm. I 
have a plugin and no web a great plugin and no website and no customers exactly because you don't, yeah. yeah you're adding you're adding features that you don't really know right now if if people want you know you want them and actually you need you need customers buying it and going oh what about this and then actually yeah yeah you're you're getting further away from the goal aren't you yeah exactly and that was the one thing i promised myself i i wouldn't do right at the beginning it's easily done though you can see how it gets done so oh yeah there we massively. go yeah all, all the time um yeah what's i gonna say we, we, we had a couple of things that we saw this week that like it's nice to see other people shipping stuff during this time and obviously working on plugins and wordpress products and what's it you saw mm. recently oh, i saw search wp4 has come out oh yeah um, search wp4 big fans of that do you use that on bnfw I use or, WP on BNFW and um, a lot of sites I've done recently. So I've mentioned I've done a few really, really big sites recently, uh, like in mm. the last sort of 18 months. And um, I'm looking forward to Search WP 4. I, I upgrade, I actually upgraded from Search WP 3 to 4 this morning. It's a manual process, it's not an automatic update. Because um, it's a breaking it change, isn't it? It's, it's a big awesome. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, no, it's much faster at indexing and searching and, um, you know, everything. It, I mean, it looks really, it looks very impressive. I mean, it's literally, as far as I understand it, it's been rebuilt from the ground up kind of thing. And um, the migration process for BNFW, because it's such a small site, is absolutely fine. I mean, if I was to trash the whole thing and have to set it up from scratch as a version 4 and just, you know, lose all of my settings for version 3, it wouldn't have taken much at all. But some of the other sites... They got quite complicated kind of sets of rules around searching. They've got, you know, all kinds of custom stop words and synonyms and mm. all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it would have been a lot of effort to kind of do that. And there's also a lot of hooks and things involved in in those sites as well. You know, search WP is getting changed quite a lot um, to output some of the more relevant results that I'm kind of looking for. So I need to go through all of that. That's going to be quite a big one. And I know that all the hooks will basically just break straight away. Um, but hopefully, oh. yeah. Um, but so if I was to just upgrade it, I mean, so I've got to go through oh, yeah. that as a as a process. Um, but uh, because they're so big and the database, database is so big, I mean, I think the largest site has uh, a search WP index of about three, the one table is three gigabytes. Um, and it's just because it's like 150,000 articles on the site. So getting that down in size, getting it, you know, indexed and searched more, you know, in a more performant way, that's really great from, yeah. you know, our perspective. So I, yeah, I look forward to going through all of that. I'm just looking at the migration guide. It's The hooks have changed significantly. And it's interesting, mm. Jonathan Christopher, the guy behind Search WP, he, he's gone for um, a different format for the hook names so for example yeah. uh the name of a hook would be search wp underscore after underscore query underscore index and now in search wp4 the hook name is search wp backslash query backslash after which is is brilliant because it's effectively a namespace of you know the the plugin what the um what the object is and kind of like what the event is. So search WP query after, and it makes so much sense to read it like that. But I think for, mm. for years, WordPress plugin developers haven't used that kind of 
pseudo namespacing in filter or action hook names because you pass in mm. a string and you don't you don't think about it. Everyone's sort of underscored everything, but actually it's such a great way of separating what it is and and it works. There's no reason why it would break or anything like that. And I think the only time I've ever really seen it used is um, Advanced Custom Fields does it like that. Their hooks, yeah, have always and it's it just always looks a bit funny to me, but actually it's brilliant and I don't know why I don't use it myself like especially when you've got quite long um hook names and and different sections to it that like an underscore and under, like it gets quite unwieldy but that's yeah that's interesting I like it just a it's very point, random code code style aside there yeah yeah it's quite resty isn't it and I noticed that you had WPCLI um integration now so it all kind of you can see where it's sort of moving to, I guess. Um, but I've got a few apply filters in my new plugin. Maybe I'd go for something like that as well, yeah. just to try and make it a bit more obvious from the sort of the ground up. Yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting. I, I really liked as well that he had a um, a. It was like a little plugin afterwards. So it, once you complete the migration, it gives you a pop up after you upgrade from version three to version four. You mm. click like migrate and it migrate it migrated all my stuff straight away because there's hardly anything there. It's like a thousand things to index or something. And then the there was a little feature plugin that you can get, uh, which will remove all of your old search WP three point data um that's no longer needed. So nice. I was able to uh, just install that, get rid of that data, uninstall it again, and that was it. Bit bit but of a clean up that was yeah, but I thought it was a nice touch. You didn't have to do that. You could have left it there, as I'm sure lots of plugin developers mm. do, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think SearchWP is one of those plugin shops, plugins that is of a very mature level in terms of code, um, user experience, and kind of just like nice housekeeping like that. Yeah, that, as you say, it's a nice touch. It is, um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Feels like you're in good company. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I think this this came out last week, and it caused a, quite a big big waves in terms of being shared on social. The the new Gutenberg. Well, it's called Iceberg, and it's a Markdown editor on top of Gutenberg, or on top on top of the block editor. So it's, this is useiceberg.com, um, and yeah, it just basically turns. The block editor, which has now gone full screen as 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 per WordPress 5.4, um, but it just simplifies the editor and it's a much because obviously block the block editor supports Markdown natively now anyway. So if you're typing in mm -hmm. a block and you do I don't know hash hash some text that will turn it into a, an H2 um, tag. So it supports Markdown anyway. But now this is just a, a very very nice clean um, Markdown editor that allows you to focus on writing I think rather than just having all these the block editor the document sidebar the block stuff like yeah it it kind of makes the UI a lot more simpler for uh, I don't know it reminds me of something like um what what's what have I got uh I've got an, an editor that I use I can't even remember what it's called it's been so long since I've used it but it's uh just a simple markdown writing with a very nice, you know, it's a bit ghost like, like ghost and mark. It's not um, IA writer, is it? That's it, IA writer, exactly. Okay. So, yeah, I thought this was really good. And it's interesting because it's, it's 
use icebergs for or icebergs from um, Rich Tabor and Jeffrey um, Karandang, who are the guys behind. What did they do? Code blocks was it? I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, they built code ah, blocks, yeah. which was a very very sort of early um, suite of blocks for the block editor. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of the, I think they got in very early for when Gutenberg was being, um, you know, Gutenberg wasn't even merged into 5.0. And mm-hmm. that was then subsequently acquired by GoDaddy, mm-hmm. which was an aqua hire because Rich Tabor, as far as I know, still works for GoDaddy. But they've obviously kind of, and I don't think, um, I don't think at the same time when the, Acquisition happened. Hang on, let me go back to. I don't think Jeffrey went to GoDaddy, but they've obviously just um, joined up again for a new project, which is Iceberg, and it looks amazing. It's a lovely marketing site. You can actually try Iceberg in the front end, so it's that kind of Frontenberg um, demo of the editor, which is very cool, uh, and it seems to yeah like I'm, I haven't tried it yet or haven't got it yet, but. I'd be interested to use it because all of the blog posts at Delicious Brains we write in Markdown in Google Docs and then copy them across and use an old Markdown to post content converter. So this could this could be a lot easier. Um, mm. But yeah, it just looks really nice. It's like it's it's a Rich and Jeffrey are obviously very good product people because like it looks like a good plugin product and the marketing site's really really nice. And it's sort of mm. all the whole experience is is done well. Um, it's, it's definitely kind of an aspirational marketing site, I think. Yeah, no, it's good. <clears throat> it's nice to see that kind of editor thing. It's funny actually because people always rave about uh, Markdown, but I've never found it an easy thing to use. I, you know, like remember. I mean, it's fine if you know it and you remember it, but <clears throat> for me to highlight something and select H two is is just as easy as typing two hashes to me. So mm. it's just you know it's uh, it it's one of those things I've never quite understood, but maybe maybe I've just don't understand it you know at all really. But it's it, I think the other thing is is that it looks a lot neater and you kind of see how it may especially if you had a you know if you have an editor styles you know on your uh, within Gutenberg or the classic editor that match your front end um, mm. output as well. You can get a real good sense of. This is exactly how it's going to look, especially well on desktop, you know, for sake of argument, at least. But you know, you can see right. This is the width of the, um, you know, the content area. So where this word ends, I know that on the front end that word that will look exactly the same, you know. And you can really lay out your content, you know, in a in a decent way if mm. you've got editor styles. So I've I've never seen the the kind of the purpose of Markdown. That being said, Classic Editor is just covered in you know buttons and things. But and Gutenberg, I understand what you mean about the, the blocks and having you know the block editor parts and everything. Um, so noisy. It's, it's almost yeah. it is noisy, but is yeah, it's not it's distraction free, but it's not quite enough. In fact, there was a plugin that came out, and it was a I don't even know if it came out actually. It was a long time ago. It I can't remember what it's called. If I find it, I'll I'll you know I I'll have a good look and we'll stick it in the show notes if I can find it. But it was it was basically it just. It was just a blank. It was like a blank sheet of paper, basically, with a flashing cursor, and then you know you start writing. And it's only when you sort of select text or stop or something that you get a little like kind of black pop up, 
with some icons on it that sort of give you a list of things like mm. your kitchen sink or what you want to want to want to do. And I remember thinking that was nice because then that meant that you could either choose to write in like Markdown and it would kind of format it for you there and then. So, you know, two hashes, two pound signs, whatever you want to call it, gives you an H2 and it would display as an H2. And then you like, and at, like in the right size font and spacing and everything. And then you just keep typing again. And then if you want to select, you can then select a bit and this pop-up will pop up and then you could do underline or, you know, make it, you know, italic or whatever and i liked that because that was to me that felt like um it was actually distraction free because there was nothing i mean if you think about writing on a piece of paper you start off with a notebook you know with you know you might have a you know a, a margin down you know your left hand side or you know you might have um just a blank piece of paper you don't have anything else other than your pen or your pencil in front of you and i don't feel that there's ever been anything really good like that on mm. on the web it's like it's like saying I'm going to start writing, you know, something today. It only has to be three pages long, and you literally take out your pencil case and you dump it on your desk, and you've got all these pens and you know rubbers and ink erasers and everything. And it's like I don't need all of that. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you just get distracted by paper. Yeah, putting the color on, and that's the thing with Markdown, isn't it? You you're using um, a writing style, like writing issues on GitHub or whatever that supports Markdown it allows you to concentrate on actually what you're writing because you're not having to go up to the WYSIWYG buttons and, and click, right, I want to bold this or I want to do this or I want to put a link around it because you can you can keep your fingers on the keyboard the whole time. You know, you can just quickly do syntax for links, um, syntax for the different styles and it keeps you concentrating on what you're writing rather than trying to style it every time. And I think that most Markdown or people writing in Markdown will do it outside of the editor right yeah. and then go in and change it but yeah this is this is lovely um yeah what else was i gonna mention i think actually just think about it i've just and i just randomly thought of a quote i think johnny ive you know from apple he said it best like when you've got something that works really well um the the kind of the technology technology because sort of becomes transparent and you know you're just kind of using the thing and yeah, I, sometimes you just feel like technology is working against you, and I, I think writing experience on, especially in, when in WordPress isn't right, but on lots of things is not quite right yet. The technology should be, it should just it should be a, enable you to do something and do it better, you know. But yeah. it doesn't feel like it's there. But anyway, yeah, indeed. Well, I think um, that probably wraps it up for me. It was good to catch up and. Um, yeah, just catch up on what, what we're doing. Hopefully next month or next, not next month, next episode, I can let you know how things are going with WP User Manager and we can catch up with what, what's going on with you. And hopefully I'll, I won't be so fried um, and we can see what else is going on in the world of WordPress. Yeah. Have you got any time booked off soon or anything just to take a bit of a mental um, break? Not, not really. I've been trying to like just... Uh, st like stop work this is sort of half term isn't it at the moment really so I've been trying to stop work yeah. after lunch and spend some time with the kids and you know but it's not exactly time off because my wife's still working so she's good it means she gets time to do work and we just kind of swap over so yeah I, I'm not sure when you know to go go to a normal sort of holiday mode but yeah my, mm. I don't think my brain will allow it at the moment no, that's but. fair enough. I'm going to try and take some time off for WordCamp Europe next week. 
I know it's an online thing, but I was going to put my out of office on, try not to get distracted by anything else, and just attend and just see what yeah. happens. Oh, it'll be good to get your feedback on that and, like, you know, uh, you know, anything interesting you hear or discussion points from that, that would be quite nice. Um, mm. Yeah. Such a shame that's not actually happening in person. I know, I know, never mind. But, you know, fingers crossed, things get better, maybe next year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into the, what, what could happen in the world. Um, no, try, try and keep, keep that, keep that locked away from the last episode. Right. Yeah. Okay. Ne- next time on Pressing Matters. Yeah. Oh, it's good to <laughs> chat to you, Jack, as always. And um, yeah, speak to you next time. Speak to you next time. Yeah, sounds good. Take it easy and speak soon. Bye.